and welcome to the Football 360 Show. Great to have you with us. Happy New Year. I am JP Rock. He over there, as always, is the same Matt Beerman. New Year, same Matt. New Year, Still here. same JP, right? Same Football 360 Show. Come to know and love. Great to be with you. Hope you had a great Christmas and a happy New Year. Wendy's is the proud sponsor of the Football 360 Show. Special thanks to them. Located in Chesterfield, Missouri, 1800 block of Airport Road in Chesterfield, Missouri. Uh, check them out. Family owned and operated, known for their pizza and wings. You work hard, you play hard. Hopefully you played hard over the holidays out there at Wendy's and had a good time all, either inside or on their heated patio because it's cold out. Now it's going to be cold. Yeah, it's winter. It's, it's officially winter now. We're in January. We had We had Halloween weather on Christmas and Christmas weather on Halloween. And now we're just in full blown winter because it yep. is it is Missouri. Always, always fun, and that's why my sinuses are the way they are. I was going to say, man, perpetually. Me too. I was, it's so funny because I feel like I've been sick like all fall, like or, or just it's just yeah, you know, not sick necessarily, but sinus stuff and and, and you know allergies. And change of the weather it gets you every time. Ch- change in the weather, and that's what that's what everybody says. And so the nose, the faucet, and the oh, nose. Yeah. So. So we're not sniffling because we're crying about anything because everything's good. Everything's good. Had, had real a good, good. We had a great, great uh, holidays. Great holidays. Got to watch more, more than my fair share of football and yeah, some very entertaining games and and uh, including yesterday was awesome. It has been it has been entertaining. Going to talk all about that. Mizzou, good win. I don't know. I'd call it a big win, but it's a good win. It was supposed to be a win. Uh, right now. With football winding down, we get the national championship next week, college-wise, pro football course. You know, Super Bowl is going to be coming up next month. Isn't that crazy to say? No, It went by so fast. And uh, so right now is the offseason for high school guys and some college guys. And so you want to be focusing on that. I'm sure we're going to talk about that stuff coming up. The year, uh, Next Sunday kicks off the, the big, uh, you know. All the, all the skills training is rolling yep. again. Yeah, yep. we've been – Doing a lot of private training, and, and it's good to get the groups back in because there's things you can do in a group environment you just you just can't do in a private environment. And uh, really excited to get things rolling again and getting guys focused on getting better for uh, you know the 2024 season and and then beyond. Oh, absolutely! You got you got seven on seven practices going on. You got all kinds of, of all star games ha- that's been happening, and and uh, yeah, that's that's something too to talk about the, those all star games as we get deeper into it, like. We have a local one here, the ACS game, which we talk about the American Cancer Society. Great, great exhibition. I believe they have a really good shrine game over in Kansas. Yes. Um, you know, things like that. There's a lot of state-oriented games. You got to be careful, though, of these all-American games that are out of town. Uh, there's some youth ones that I think are pretty reputable. Yeah. But there's a lot of high school ones that have popped up over the years that are, you know, quote-unquote all-American games that are not the Under Armour, not the Army All-American. They're an offshoot. and uh, There are some that, that offer you like a trip or you pay for a trip to go to the islands. Of, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. not going to get too specific because I don't want to, you know, single anybody out. But yeah. uh, but it winds up costing like, I don't know, I think if a parent told me like three to $5,000. Yeah, there's some down in, in Dallas. There's some in Dallas and down in uh, the Carolinas. It, <clears> it's two to three thousand dollars and you know the, the question you ask parents are what scouts are there you know who's who's going to be there is it is it during a, an evaluation period oh right it's not on a college campus yeah. 
they're not going to be there. You got to figure out what you're going to get out of stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's got to be, it's got to be for you. And it's, it's not to say, oh, be selfish. I mean, you know, an honor is an honor, but you do have to protect yourself and, and figure out what's best for you and your kid. And typically when you're playing an All-American game and nobody in the uh, All-American game has any offers, that might be the first tip that you're not playing in a truly All-American game, yeah. right? And, uh, you know, again, not slighting anybody and what they're trying to do, but at the same time, you better keep your radar because before you know it, you've spent a lot of money on something that quite honestly yielded very, very little, which you could have kind of done you know, preemptively by doing just a little bit of research. Yeah, that's it. That's the whole thing. Just do research, just educate yourself. I'm seeing some middle school ones pop up. Yeah. And I'm talking about from like third grade up. Yeah. And it's like you're having a you're having a national all-star game for for third graders. It's like that's kind of wild. Yeah, and we have, you know, even in our region, we have teams that are playing football, uh, the youth age, basically playing year-round football. Yeah. Which uh, I've been doing this a long time. Not a huge fan of, just not a huge fan of anybody doing uh, football as a full time sport. You know, full time training and developing for it, and then playing within its given season. Great idea. But Play, I am, I'm in I'm in favor of spring football. Though. Oh yeah, spring football when it's practices and there's you know yeah. it's all controlled and it's very much you know focused on team and. You know, I mean, in Florida, you, know, you get to do your you play another team, yeah. you know, one game, you know, okay, one game. Great. We're talking about some of these, these uh, offseason, you know, little league teams playing two to three games in a weekend in January, yeah, right. February, March, April. <clears throat> uh, but, you know, the parents have to understand that that is not the route to getting their kid to where they think they want to go. I just I've never seen that be a successful uh, model yeah. You know, when, when the emphasis is building super teams at young ages typically a lot of developmental get uh components get left out of those kids in a hypercritical phase of development so again i'm a proponent of working on your speed agility strength movement all those all those components as a young athlete and because that's why you know training and doing different multiple sports is really good but until you get your your biomechanics and your movement strategies really tuned in you got to be careful with overdoing it because you want to make sure your body is uh, optimized. And, and, and that sounds crazy as, as a young athlete, but really when you turn around and look at the guys in the, the highest level of the game, they're, they move the best, even the big guys, the big guys move the best. Right. And that's why they're playing at that level. You're, you're seeing a lot of that. And if you've watched some of the college football games that have gone on, you can really tell the difference between high school and, you know, big time college players just based on how they move, just how they walk up to, yeah. up to the line of scrimmage. Yeah. And, or if you like me and, and do what I do, and I know you do as well, you can see a guy walk into the huddle, come onto the field. And you're like, that's a guy. Well, I see why he's here. I see why he's playing for Michigan. And I see why he's playing for Alabama or Texas or whatever. Yep. And, and all that, that didn't just happen. You know, that's not why they're playing you. That will get you there so far. Just being that natural athlete. But the other stuff you have to you, train. You have right to have those components. And if you don't, they'll find someone else that does. Right. And and movement is the key to all of it. I mean, the big boys at the NFL level, they move extremely well. I mean, they all do, right? And oh, yeah. the smaller guys obviously do. But um, I think the most impressive you know groups of uh, people on the field are the offensive and defensive linemen, because of just how they have to move and, and what they have to do on a daily basis to keep their bodies in tip shape 
you know, tip top shape so that they can actually, uh, you know, bend and, and move. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's exciting to watch the game evolve. You would think that the linemen would have gotten smaller because speed was required. They've gotten just as big and they're getting moving better. More athletic. Yeah. Yeah. It's really crazy. And I, I'm somebody who loves to watch like, uh, you know, pro football highlights from the seventies. Right. And where it was basically just a fight. It was, it was a leak. Head to head fight. Head to head fight. You, it was just a brawl in there, which is cool. And I love the physicality of it and everything like that. But now you have these guys who are like, not twice the size, but you know, say your say your average lineman back then was, you know, six three two fifty was a good size guy yep. two sixty. Now you've got a six eight three hundred and twenty pound thirty pound guy who moves better than that guy right. from back in the day. Well, so you know, St. Louis is to blame, right? Is that right? For pretty much everything, but what? St. Louis <laughs> is the uh, is the birthplace of the forward pass. Is that so right? The very first pass was thrown St. Louis University was the very first forward pass thrown in a game. I've heard that. Believe it yep. or not, they and, did play football back then. Yep, the they did. And uh and and the another fun fact is is and, and actually they they did a really good job apparently of kind of trying to get that, you know, that that style of play um moved in, you know, to the culture, but it took a couple years after that for it to really start to take hold, but yeah, the very first forward pass was thrown in St. Louis at St. Louis University. Some trivia for yep. you out there you play trivia over the Flag, uh, and I also read uh, flag football actually originated in St. Louis. Oh, that's not, oddly that's enough. Not yeah. yeah, two two uh, pretty interesting uh, facts about St. Louis and football. That you know, again, St. Louis University would be really nice to have a football team. Wouldn't that you know, be nice? They There's got rid things. of it years ago. St. Louis University would be nice to have a football team, and it'd be nice if there was a junior college. Yes. For, for football here. In, in yeah, a good friend of mine who was on that uh, last the last chance you, um, he was a coach. And uh, he, I mean, he literally had talks with St. Louis Community College about it, trying to get get involved. And I remember get, that. Get, you know, Jeff Sims is his name, and he was really you know looking to move back to St. Louis. He's a Pattonville grad. He's kind of coached all over the place. And um, there've been several guys who've tried that yeah. with with uh, St. Louis Community College to to try to get that done, but it just just ain't happening. Yeah, so it's, it's one of those tough things. I don't, I'm not quite sure what the uh, the drawback is other than the fact that it probably costs too much money. Cost, right? Yeah, it's 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 what's what everything comes down to. It, yeah. it costs too much money. Um, you know, it, it would work. And now junior college football has changed completely with the transfer portal, with you know how how everything works, which is a shame because there's a lot of guys who are missing out on opportunities that the JUCO route would be really helpful. Yeah, you beat me to it. I I think that is the truth. Like five years ago, that was the path to take if you were a dude Mm -hmm. that just grade-wise or program or a bad fit, something happened. And then you go to JUCO, you're there a year, year two, and then you're in and out, right? Right. And then you're you're on to the next, you know, then those college coaches recruited the heck out of those locations, Right. right? So. What I think is to be interesting is, you know, recruiting at the JUCO level was very open by the you know the four year colleges. Now, technically, those D one FBS schools cannot go to a D two school. The scout guys at practice, right? right? That would be a real problem. Yeah, but clearly it's happening. Clearly, right? yeah. And and so as you start to look at all of this and how it's evolved. You know, there's probably going to be a system that you know, of evaluators that are that are kicking out a, a grading system 
that the colleges are going to be purchasing to figure out who's next and their target. Oh, yeah. Which again, as we've talked about, part of the NIL deal, the two rules, the major rules is that the schools cannot pay for play and they're not supposed to be recruiting, you know, uh, transfers, if you will, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we know that that's, that's happening, right? So mm-hmm. like, but 80% of all that money comes through the, uh, through the collectives, right? So which are, you know, these, these uh, loose knit businesses, if you will, of a consortium of people that want to spend money on a particular university. And those guys are spending money to acquire talent. Right. And the college coaches are supposed to stay out of it. But what, what stops the collective from going in? They're, they're a private entity. Right. Right. They don't represent the university. The university cannot be given them money and there's no there's no tie between them. So what what stops the collective from Idaho from going down to, you know, University of Montana, which is the FCS or whatever it might be, or Wyoming, whoever in that neck of the woods and poaching guys? I don't know. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing, nothing, right? Nothing, and, nothing. and it's going to happen. What's interesting is that, you know, in, in watching so much college football, the playoff football, the, the bowl games, uh, that's one of the things that's been talked about a lot, and including college coaches who say, you know, college football semi-pro ball now. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they're just admitting it. It's semi-pro ball. So you're going to have a lot of stuff happen. You're going to have a lot of stuff go on. And, and so fans need to get used to the idea. You know, you're going to have a guy for maybe a year. You know, you or, or, you know, you this is going to happen or that's going to happen. It's really changing. And the biggest change is going to be for the fans mm-hmm. and how, how fans deal. With, I mean, you look at the bowl games. There's a lot of these bowl games that were just uninteresting or more competitive or some teams didn't show up. Some teams have problems. Some guys, you know, just bolted. You know, Ohio State is a perfect example. You yep. know, I mean, their, their quarterback transferred to Syracuse didn't play in the bowl game that tells me something's going on there that you know you're going to miss out on the bowl game. I mean, you could always go to Syracuse right why why are you bolting and going to Syracuse now right now and you so know? I, I get think, Marvin Harrison you know going you know for the, right. for the draft and I'm out that makes a big difference right which that's always happened right with the yep. big big name guys minus the national championship runs that always happened yeah which you know Bo Nix, interestingly, I mean, it was good to see him stay and play. Yeah. You know, and look. He played a heck of a game, Heck of a game. Unbelievable game. Of course, it was a mismatch. Yeah. You know, Liberty's just not on that that level. Um, But still, you don't want to take anything away from anybody. Just like with with the Mizzou game, you know. You you hate to take away. You hate to say, okay, well, Marvin Harrison wasn't there. You know, McCord transferred out. These 10 guys transferred out. You know, now when you start saying, okay, now the backup guy, Brown, he's out, you're on your third string quarterback. Yeah. You know, it was, it was just, it was just a. a well, too, is, is, you know, the tough thing is, too, I think these NIL, and it's going to get really hairy because the collectives are paying these guys to play for a particular school. Let's mm-hmm. not, let's cut to the chase. Without question. In those contracts, I'm sure there's going to be stipulations at some point about services rendered, right? A kid's hurt, that's one thing. You know, if you're if we're paying you a million dollars to play per year and you decide to sit out in the Orange Bowl or sit up because it's not a, you know, a top four game. Yeah. It's New Year's six, but it's not a championship yeah. game or you're next year. Pay them money. Yeah. Next year you're not in the playoffs. Your team does not make the playoffs, but still, you know, um Illinois paid you a million dollars to be there, but you're not going to play in the, you know, the the 
Holiday Bowl. I, you think they're going to get hit with a penalty I, on that? You know, at it's some point, be. there's got to be there's got to be some sort of repercussion because you are paying for that service, which technically they're not supposed to pay for that service. Right. But the reality of it is, is there is so much gray area in all of this, and a lot of the kids, like we've talked about, have not really read the the writing and you know their contracts, and you know, you have kids complaining that they're not getting paid what they said they were going to get paid, and you know, I would argue. Uh, a lot of times they probably are getting exactly paid exactly the, what they were get paid. They just didn't read the fine print, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's going to be a really interesting time over the next number of years. I think kids are going to get smart about it. There's going to be more agents involved, more lawyers involved, which probably there should be. going to make it to, even to more of a degree. pro, pro yeah. league, you know? Uh, I mean – the high, I mean, the pro guys are the excuse me, the college guys now. Um, you know, in particular, college guys are like higher level. They have you know marketing agents and they have agents. Yes. Before you couldn't have an agent representing you while you were in college. Yeah. Now you can. And hopefully, you have a, a good agent yeah. and not just a family friend who's you know advising you yeah. on, on this stuff. Hopefully, you have somebody who knows what. There's a, there's a lot of that going on, right? Oh, yeah. And I think there's a lot of, and it's the same thing with you know it's <clears throat> it's like anything else. When it comes to finding people that are going to train you and develop you, you might want to look at their background, their pedigree. I always tell our kids that are coming out going to the NFL, the most important thing is, unless they're going to be a high draft pick, the most important thing you can do looking at an agent is find somebody who has dealt with people just like you in your situation. Right. Right. If you don't think you're going to be a you know top four round pick, you want somebody for sure that has dealt with undrafted free agents. You want to find somebody that's really good at doing that because it's an art form. Anybody can represent someone that gets uh, drafted. It's yes. boilerplate. Like right. It's all slotted. So if the guy gets drafted first round, first pick, it's X number of dollars. And then number two, number three, all the way down, it's all slotted. It's all boilerplate. Everything's there, the wording, all that. Every single contract gets um, overread by the NFLPA. Like it's not – it's not rocket science. They've done it before, and it's happened over and over and yep. over. It's that second contract where you really need someone to negotiate or, and it can help you get your worth. But really, the drafted guys kind of slot in, get their money. Undrafted guys, that's where your agent makes a huge difference, yep. Yep. right? Because they're making phone calls and getting you into camps or one-day workouts, things like that, that can ultimately you know, help you uh, get, your, get your contract and get in camp. Yeah. So yeah, we, speaking of speaking of people uh, entering the NFL draft, I saw where Makai Wingo just announced that he's entering. Uh, he's leaving LSU and entering the, the, the draft. Interesting. I mean, I I, I, mean, I think he's a guy that's definitely a st- high stock riser. Mm-hmm. Um, had a lot of emphasis coming in on him this year. Um, you know, guy I, you're very familiar with. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy who's trained at our facility quite often for many years, and uh, he's more that Aaron Donald Donald type yes. guy. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, for his sake, hopefully he tests extremely well combine wise, yeah. which I think will definitely help him with his size and start to really give him a, you know, get a better bead on what he's trying to do. Yeah, you know, he's a guy who I've always uh, who who's always played above the measurables. A hundred percent. You know what I mean? He's not a guy who who, and that was that was going all the way back to when he was like a a, a eighth grader coming into a lead or you know yeah. freshman year in that he always. Didn't look the part. There were bigger guys. There were guys who looked better, you know, getting off the bus and everything. But he's productive. He's productive. And he was productive then. 
He, he, yep. You know, he was a smaller guy, but he was productive. He was beating guys who were, you know, juniors or seniors. Yep. Just, just based because he's a, he's a football player and he's a player and he's, you know, he's that guy. Yep. Most definitely. He gets after it. So let's step back, I guess, and take a look at the, the Mizzou game. Did you, would you, now you, you thought you might go down there. I take I it did, you not did not go. I, I stayed, stayed at home and, uh, watched it on the big screen. Yeah. I'm glad I did. It, just, it was, <laughs> it was really good. Yeah. Um, I, I think, it was exactly who they needed to beat, right? Um, and they, I mean, they needed to show up and play that game and get to the point where they were really the team that they were all year. And they yeah. were. They really they, – they did not look great the first three quarters. Right. But when they turned it on finally and learned how to do a little bit of pass protection and figure out what was going on, they, they certainly got better. Right. Yeah, I mean, it was, you know – it was a boring game. Let's be honest. It was, it was, it was, wasn't super exciting. Uh, like you said, for those first three quarters and they did just enough what they needed to do to win. Yeah. And that's, that is kind of what they were all year. They won the games. They, they were supposed to win and they were supposed to win this game. I don't know who thought that Ohio state was going to come in and be a favorite in this game with all the stuff going on. Yeah. The betting line certainly bounced up and down on it. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't know. I, I think at the end of the day, like the comparison though is, is oh well, well, Ohio State has all these five stars and four stars. Yeah, that don't. And, and what do we have, right? Well, yeah. we have a team that's a pretty darn good team. I, I and I, I was talking to someone earlier today, and I might sound a little crazy. I think Mizzou would have given Michigan all they could handle. I don't. I don't. I think you're seeing. I think you're seeing. We'll, we'll talk. We'll finish talking Mizzou, but I think. You're seeing them picking it right. Who the top teams, top four teams were? Yeah. Well, I, I would argue. I would argue Alabama probably not, only because they sputtered against Auburn, which obviously is a, a rivalry game. Yeah. They they did well enough against Georgia, obviously to win. I think Georgia of those was probably the better, more sound team, top to bottom. I watched Alabama numerous times this year sputter. And with yeah. team, I mean, they they damn near lost to Arkansas. Yeah, Arkansas is a bad football team. But right? you know what? If you're if you're the better team, you're supposed to win, and you better right. win. And so right. I, I have no I have no sympathy for Georgia. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. You, and you, you get the one, up you know, you lost. get the one, you get the one loss. But but you also the problem is is that it's, you get the one loss syndrome. Yep. You know when when do you when you lose early, it's forgiven. When you lose late, it's not. Right. Is that really fair? Yeah, a loss is a loss. It is, but you you better peak at the right time, right? You know. But I, I again, I watching that game. I think I think Mizzou would would match extremely well with with Michigan. Yeah, I don't yeah. I don't see. I think Mizzou they would Mizzou would do really well against their run game. I think because of the speed of their defensive line. Yeah, I think I think Michigan is is just really hot right now, and yeah. I'm very impressed with with the offense that they ran against yeah. uh, Alabama. And I was really impressed with the speed. That they no. showed against Alabama, because I know Alabama again. Here's another team's got a bunch of five stars, actually probably more five stars than anybody. Yeah, you know, not that that matters, but you know, they got a bunch of guys who are usually Boy, they, they were, usually they were stock the NFL. Play, they were out of position, out of position, to act like they didn't. They'd never seen anything that was like really that really rough to watch. It, it, was, it was schematically. It really was, but also at the same time, you know, very impressed with the with the schemes, the offensive schemes that that Michigan came up with how they were able to utilize their, their guys and just kind of hide them and then boom, dart them out there. I mean, I'm sure you were probably pretty impressed with, with the offense that, that yeah, Michigan but was and then you look up, but here's the, here's the crazy part. Alabama for all their shortcomings 
for all intents and purposes, was going in at the end of that game, right, to tie it up in overtime. Saban said they called the play. They called it, you know, Michigan called the timeout. Michigan called the, you know, another play. They called a timeout because they didn't like what they saw. Then the last play, which there was a ton of talk about on the internet, you know, like what they called. You know, the way I viewed it was it clearly looked like some sort of read option. The snap was a little low, so yeah. he just he just just went with it. Yeah. The inside linebacker was out leveraged immediately by the running back. The ball should have gone to the running back. Yep. Both outside receivers were blocked. And then it's just, hey, see who see who can make a play. You got what six yards to get in the end zone. Yeah. But I, I saw a lot of people fo- hyper focused on it. Look like a, a, a read back, follow his guard to the left. The backside tackle. Why he took a deep set, I have no idea. He took a deep set and got blown back into him, and he tripped over the off of the offensive tackle. Yeah, which is again, you look at that and you say, you know, how does that happen to a guy that was probably one of the top level recruits? I don't even know who the right tackle is. That's not. Uh, uh, Kid from Iowa, the big, the big. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I don't know. The, he's the these the big recruit, number one recruit in the country mm, last year. Right. Um, but yeah, he got blown back in into the uh, into the running lane, yeah. which the run could have gone. Yes, potentially he could have kept it and gone in, but but you know there was a lot of just what ifs, and the problem is you have to execute, and you know low snaps, high snaps, they're going to happen, and and the center did certainly play a role which i will tell you watching mizzou that was part of their missed timing if you notice there was a lot of issues with the snaps in that game not that they were high or low the offensive line was definitely not on cue with with those snaps because he was snapping the ball and it almost like they were they were delayed and i think there was some some issues and if you go back throughout the season five to i don't know 10 times 15 times Cook was looking the other way and the ball got snapped on. Yeah. Right. And that's that's just a miscue. That that's the center's problem. Right. That's not the quarterback's problem. He's he signals when he wants the ball. Yeah. So well, I'll, I, tell, I, I'll tell you a guy who probably saw that and is kind of licking his chops is is a guy named Talon Chandler, mm-hmm. who's currently watching the yeah. broadcast, who's probably like, hmm. Yeah. You know, and he's a guy happens. who yeah, he's a guy that can get in there and, and help and, and help make the, the, the current center better because he's I'm sure he's gonna push him. Right away, he's gonna push That's everybody. That's job, right? That's what he's coming in. in there to do. Oh yeah, yeah. And he's and he's and he's super motivated. And uh, but you but you're right. But but could the quarterback, in your opinion, have made a different read? It looked it was so it was bam bam right. He should. It was in my a, opinion, was bam, he should have caught. Now tough thing. Yeah. Okay, he's a left-handed quarterback. Okay, that play selection, in my opinion, should have run to the right. Yes. Okay. Anytime you're doing quick screen game, any of that, if you want to go objectively and, and you if you want to look at this objectively and say, hey, what's the fastest way to get this done? For a right-hander, it's thrown to your left, and for a left-hander, it's thrown to their right. That guy was to his left, so he had pressure coming. Is he going to turn? And you know, he, That's a long throw to turn into a guy that just free blitz. Oh, yeah. Right? So now that gives, you know, that that that's an issue in my opinion. Uh a famous play in the Super Bowl. I think it was the uh, Seahawks. Uh, could have given the ball to Marshawn Lynch. Did not do it. Russell Wilson threw a pick. Cost him the game. If you remember that play, he caught it, turned to his right, threw to his right. If he would have gone to his left, it was a mirrored play, wide open. Yeah. And it was an easy throw. Yeah. Easy throw. He could have come up throwing versus turning his body, which then gave the defensive back 
or linebacker a chance to jump, jump the safety, come through and jump it. But right. yeah, I, I watched that play. I watched it numerous times. And, and so I look at it from perspective of it was just a, a pure run play, which I don't think it was. I think there was what it looked like. Yeah. Though. Well, they, as soon as he caught it low, he just ran. Yeah. Yeah. And there was pressure was coming from the edge. Right. Which, again, if you know you have to throw to your left and you're left handed, that takes too much time. Your brain knows how much time you have to get that ball off. So, I can't remember though if they were they on the right hash. So if they're on the right hash, you're not going to run that into the into the boundary like that. So like if they're in the middle of the field, probably should have run that to the right. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that Alabama fans are really talking that one up mm-hmm. today. You know, but but they had a shot. I mean, shoot, you're shot. in overtime. You're, I mean, that's, you're that's, in, that's, you're in pretty, overtime. From your perspective, they did get it right. You had one and four in overtime, and then last night with Texas and uh, Washington. Came down to basically the, the very oh, last play. Great games, the best the best games that, that I've seen out of the yeah. whole bowl season. Like I said, B Baker, who's watching online, says awesome athletes have come out of elite football in Chesterfield, and then lists off Brady Cook, Josh Baker, yeah. Brendan uh, Schlitler. Schlitler, yep. I think might be the one. Uh, B Baker, I wonder if there there uh, could be. I think I know who that is. Yeah. My my their 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 son might be the starting center for Arizona Wildcats. That might be. Might, it might be. Might be That's some awesome. relate. Might be some relation there. Yeah, but uh, well, he's a heck of a player. Heck of, I, I heck got of to watch player. there. What a turnaround in Arizona this year, isn't it? Isn't awesome. It? Uh, just just doing a great job. And yeah. again, and he's a player. And you know, we mentioned Talon Chandler, and I've said before, there's a lot of similarities there, just as far as just technicians. Technicians, yeah, and and and, and, and then also being smart enough to yes. call all the line shifts, all right. the protections, you know, and understanding what's what. And so those guys at that level, I think most people don't appreciate when they're watching football. They don't. What's actually going on out there. They think it's just line up, run a play. Yeah. Right. The like like we did in the backyard. Yeah. Well, the defenses yeah. are lined up in a myriad of configurations that can change at the snap of the ball. So understanding who is what and what you, how they're going to take it. And I think, you know, Mizzou really struggled first half against uh, Ohio State. They were just bringing four. Yeah. Right. I had people text me like, well, they need to throw the ball better. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> well, uh, you can't throw if you're that's, not protecting properly. That's very simplistic thought. Yeah. yeah. When you have four rushing, that means there's seven in coverage. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that means if your back's held in, you got four people out on routes versus right. seven. Right. That's not good numbers. No. No, not at all. And I mean, you know, Brady Cook, congratulations to him, winning the offensive MVP VP of the game. Yeah. And uh, Johnny Walker went in the defensive MB- MVP. Some people thought Cody Schrader. I'd have been fine with either one. Either one, yeah. Either one deserved it. You know, you could have had co-MVPs. But it was really cool seeing those two guys up there at the end of the game. If you watch the post yeah. post games up there, you know, and getting to enjoy the moment. It was good to see them snap their bowl uh, losing streak. Yeah. You know, they had that one tough one against uh, Army. Last year against Wake Forest wasn't great. Been a lot of tough bowl right? games for Missouri. That fans. was, a, I mean, so it was a big win in the sense that they needed to get a good win on the, you know, in, in the bowl season, and let alone be, you know, be a uh, quality opponent. Quality opponent, and I, I don't know the the numbers, but I, I did read that it was one of the highest rated, if not the highest rated uh, Cotton Bowl they've had in, in yeah. a long time. It was the only th- it was the only game on which helped, which helped a ton. Helped helped a ton. It was a, a Friday night. Was that Friday night? Yeah. yeah, Friday night only game in town. Yeah, that 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 helped a lot. And Mizzou is definitely gonna is gonna get some cachet off of that, right? I think uh, it, you know, from a from a recruiting perspective, 
Well, there's a lot of kids locally that feel as though like what's close is not good enough, right? They need to go to something bigger and better. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't, as we've talked about, sometimes going far away is the perfect thing for you. Yeah. Right. You look at Josh Baker. I mean, he is on a team that was not awesome. His first couple of years has stuck it out and has absolutely carved a niche for himself. And he's the anchor of that line. Right. Right. On a, on a top 15 team in the country. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, you know, teams need to have better valuation processes, better staffs. Think of Josh Baker being on this current Missouri team, Mm -hmm. you know, wouldn't have been a snap issue, you know, this past Friday. Correct. That's for sure. So, and hopefully that, that, that does pick up. Hopefully they are able to pick up from that. They're going to pick up some guys this year. Didn't happen. Surprisingly, you saw the big names outside of Will Nunnery mm-hmm. go elsewhere. Aeneas Williams, he's still signed with Notre Dame. Despite all the chatter from Mizzou fans online, he's still, you know, these guys still signed with their teams that, that they were supposed to. But, you know, you miss, think about if if this team coming off an 11-win season, wow. we're able to get Aeneas Williams. We're able to get Jay Sean Ross, Jaden Riddell, Jeremiah McClellan, you know, guys like yeah, that, Ryan Andrew Wingo. Sprague, Ryan Wingo. You add to that, and now you're cooking. Yeah. You know, I mean, they've got they've got a decent class, and the hope is that they're able to to make hay with the 2025. What's that's your, where the what's your over under of that group that we just said within the next two years number that will try to come back to Mizzou? Let's see. Out of out of my top five of Williams, Ranieri, uh Ross, Riddell, Mint McClellan, I would say out of out of I would say maybe one out of the top six. Yeah, I would, I would think that's probably going to yeah, happen. Yeah, I would say one out of the top six would, would probably wind up trying to trying to come back. And, you know, but see, this is the thing. Guys know they can go away, and they can come back, and especially yeah. in today's climate. Years ago, they knew that, but now they're like, well. Oh, the door would have been slammed years ago, right? Under uh, Coach Pinkle, he had a habit of doing that. Mm-hmm. He, 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 you know, you don't burn your bridge with him. You didn't burn your bridge with him. Because he would be like, bye. Can you imagine a guy like Bill Schneider who would not let kids leave K-State? Right. I mean, it was legendary. Yeah. Can you imagine him trying to operate in today's environment? Oh, no. No, not at all. I mean, it was. Even if you did, you committed to another coach and you wanted to leave when he came in to become the head coach again, absolutely not. Right. You're staying. Yeah, that, that's that's how it used to be. And, yeah. I mean, there were schools like uh, I remember back in the day under Coach Binkle, if you, if you were going to take – if you were committed to Mizzou and you're like, oh, I'm just going to take a visit here oh. and check things out, bye, that was that was it. You're done. We don't consider you a commit, and you're probably not going to oh, yeah. have a spot here. I mean, I still see kids that are committed, and then they post when they get an offer from another school, and I'm still old school enough to where I'm like, oof. Right. That's not good business. Saw a lot of that this year, and I'm like, what are you, what are you trying to do? You know, what, what are you trying to do with that exactly? But, I, you know, you look back on those times when, when you had, like, the guys could not transfer or people were ruling with an iron fist over the student-athlete because they had the control. Yeah. You know, we see this huge snapback, and now it's, it's it looks very – everybody's kind of like, whoa, this is crazy. But is yeah. it really that crazy? No. I think they created the environment for it to happen. They did. They, right? they, they really did. And, and, you know, and guys, guys who had legitimate reasons for wanting to leave – if they were allowed to leave, doesn't mean that when other coaches wanted to find out about them, that they weren't told stuff that necessarily oh. wasn't true. They oh. weren't blacklisted because way back in the day, that that stuff happened too. So uh, right before the transfer portal stuff all started happening, 
there's a kid, you know him really well. We both know him. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had, he was looked at a numerous number of sc- number of schools throughout the process. And uh, he kept, he kept like, it would be like he was good to go at a school. And then he'd be like, yeah, man, I just stopped hearing from him. I'm like, oh, really? So finally I called two of the schools. I'm like, hey, what in the hell's going on here? Like, ah. One of the, one of his old coaches was talking about you know some of his off field activities and uh, something else and I said he graduated college he started you know two and a half years he got hurt and so one of the coaches that got fired okay I think he probably felt as though that his position group you know, you know helped get him fired so that he's burning the people that were involved in his firing right? yep you know, it doesn't mean he was a good coach doesn't mean he's a bad coach right he's now taking it out on kids that were you know, people are saying, "Hey, do you, would you would you you know bring this kid into your program?" Oh no, I mean, right. and he's using his negativity and his negative experience to to, to you know submarine a kid, where I don't think that it happens as much now. No, you you really hope it doesn't. And again, that's why that's one of the things I'm really kind of glad kids have more power, yeah, over stuff, you know, over their own future. Because yeah, back in the day, it was like that, and their kids and their kids that you I, I could mention, and people would know who I'm talking about. And, you know, they transferred out back in the day and they went to a particular school and people were like, why did they go to that school? Well, things didn't work out and then they bounced around and then they just just didn't work out. Well, they had some help in that not working out because some vindictive people didn't want to see them succeed because they didn't like them. They didn't like what they did when they were at their school. And when I say they didn't like what they did when they were at their school, it means they weren't they didn't buy into them as a person, as a coach. Yep. Or whatever they had going on. And so, I mean, that's kind of stuff, you know, hopefully it's stopped. It seems like it has stopped and kids have more power and they have more freedom to, so, to, to move on. So story, uh, I won't say the school, uh, let's just say it's a major conference. Mm-hmm. A guy I know coaches, coaches in, in the, uh, at one of these schools, you know, large school, yeah, middle of practice, not his position group that he coaches. Coach gets on a kid. He's a linebacker. Yells and screams. Gets on him. Kid takes his helmet off. Walks into the locker room. He's done. Okay. He got yelled at for whatever reason. Whatever he did. Yeah. He's getting coached. Yeah. He didn't like it. Uh, that was a you know beginning of the week. Um, <coughs> they were talking to him about you know his charting his path to get him back onto the team and right. you know activities. And he says to them, "Oh, that's all right. I'm already going to." another school a little further south from where they were located. And uh, I signed for my new house on Friday. I'm closing on my new house on Friday. Ooh. Okay. This kid was a five-star kid. Yeah. He went, you know, and he got into the, you know, portal, I guess. It was right at the end of the season. He knew he was going to leave. Didn't want to hear anybody's stuff. Didn't do his bowl game prep. Ended up leaving, and there he is. Yeah. He's got a new house. Yeah. Living further south. Yeah. And uh, playing in the same conference, and they play each other. Right, and going it's back, just crazy. Go back to the, the Bill Snyder. You can't coach like you used to coach. Oh heck no! And you see it. You see it even in high school, where where you see coaches have to be very careful. Uh, which is with, sad because who 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 benefits from not getting coached hard, right? Right. Because yeah. you know, if we're raising a bunch of guys that don't want to be coached hard and don't want to, I mean, what. What, at what level will the game regress, right? Because it's not going to get better if you're not getting coached and held accountable, Yeah. right? 
And I think that's where guys like uh, Nick Saban still hold the place because he has his way that he does it, and he's a proven leader and a winner. And certain guys don't like it. I, I saw one of their big D linemen, uh, you know, after their bowl game, you know, immediately said he's going to the NFL. Right. And part of his conversation to the reporter was, oh, I didn't have as many sacks as because sometimes I'm not rushing the passer because I'm not, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, sometimes the scheme requires you not to rush the yeah. passer, right? Still a team sport. Right? Yeah. So at some point you have to play your position. And I got news for him. When he gets to the NFL, they'll have the same requirements of their defense too, right? Mm-hmm. So at some point you got to just understand the guys watching the film know what you're doing. It's not all about stats. If you're leaving where you're supposed to be trying to get a sack and they gash the, you know, the, the defense, that's your fault. Yeah. Right. So um, I think there's just so many moving parts to this stuff that kids might not understand the reality of, of it. Right. And they all think they're probably better than what they are. Everybody needs to be coached. Everybody needs to, you know, to, to, to do what's required. Of hey, them. Yeah. Getting but, yelled at is not the worst thing in the world. You know, oh, well, it's, I, it's I was, you know, it's the same thing as when a coach stops yelling at you, you're in trouble. Yeah. Right. When they're not communicating with you, they don't care. They've written you off. So, you you know, you go to that other, the other end of the spectrum where the guys start writing kids off and then those coaches do talk. They're all friends. I mean, this coming week, they're going to be down. I think it's in Nashville again this year at the coaches convention. They they go, they're all down there talking to each other. Right. It's it's, it's a big, big fraternity. Guys are bouncing around and, and, and trying to find new jobs. And I don't know. I'm sure they talk about kids. The, a little bit yeah once or twice a little bit yeah what, what do you think of this guy so great win for mizzou we'll say it's a great win you know because yeah. it's, it's a win it's a bowl game it's probably their best one that they've like you said they've had in a while yeah one of their better seasons is that their best season you know some people get a little carried away uh but their best season in nine years yeah uh you know they won 11 games last time in 2014 and they were 12 and 2 in 2013 that a lot of people forget about in 2000. Uh, yeah, they were in, in 13 and 14. They won the SEC East, which they're not going to be able to do going forward in the future. So that's something. That, and who was the quarterback of that 12 and two team? Was that Franklin? James Franklin. Yeah. Yeah. Who we've, who we've discussed. Yeah. That's, who, I mean, that, that, that was a heck of a run for Mizzou. And that was the tail end of the, what the, you know, the, it Pink dropped off. Like, yeah, yeah, dropped off in 2014. I think it was was when they, the bottom kind of started to drop off. Yeah, but uh, Josh Henson was the was offensive quarter who I thought did a great job. Where's he at now? I haven't talked to him at all. Uh, yeah. Last I lost track of him at A and M. So yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't know where. Good coach. Really good coach. Good guy. Um, so yeah, hopefully he's out there still doing his thing because he's really asset to, to the game of football. But just uh, you know, a great season. And I got to tell you what. You know, I, I was looking at the roster of that, and Mizzou actually has better players, not to offend anybody, overall better athletes than what they were doing when they were winning the SEC East two times in a year. And if you go through there and name off some names, you're like, oh, wow, you know, this guy at this position, these guys at the linebackers, well, how are they winning with those linebackers? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so the guys that they have currently, you know, some were going to go to the NFL and play in the NFL. That wasn't happening back then. No. It's, yeah. it's, uh, they've definitely got a higher caliber athlete, yes. right? But now that the, with, with that next year is going to be more expectations. Expectations right? rising. They're losing a couple of guys. I see a couple of their guys, just, uh, their cornerback, uh, Ennis, 
announced for the NFL draft and uh, Darius Robinson, who was huge, huge, huge is going to be uh, tough. He'll be, to, he'll be greatly missed. He'll be great. Cody Schrader's going to be tough to replace. Cody Schrader's going to be tough to replace. I know they got uh, at least one transfer coming. Mm-hmm. In. I think they might get another one running back. Uh, Jamal Roberts is going to be really good in, in time. Wouldn't be surprised to see him, you know, jump up and, and, and get some, some serious yards next Tell year. Tell you what, though, if you, if, you know, not pointing any single kid out, but there's a lot of kids that just get swallowed up by these programs Yeah, that go into Mizzou or, you know, they go into Kansas or Illinois or Iowa, and you never hear of them again. Yeah. Mizzou's you know? not there yet. <clears throat> right. Yeah. I think, I think it'll, it'll be a, be a bit. It'd be nice. Yeah. It'd be nice to see, but I think if, you know, you're, you're going to go there. You have an opportunity. Oh, yeah. If you're, if you're doing what – you have an opportunity if they recruited you the right way and they did all their homework on you and they really checked off. Because there's still guys that they've missed on that are on their roster, clearly. Oh, yeah. They've, they've struggled at a, a couple key positions. I mean, realistically, they've struggled at tight end until Norfleet. Yeah. They struggled at running back till they got a walk-on named Cody Schrader. Yeah. I mean, they've they've struggled. They've, oh, yeah. They have. They, without, they've without question. Um, but yeah, it, it, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens at quarterback. You know, you have Brady Cook. He's there for another year. What's after? Gone. Yeah. What's that? What's after? Right, what's Brady? after? Because that because that Jabari, I forgot his last name. He, Johnson. He, Johnson. He left. So yeah. He's in transfer portal. I think. No, he, just no disrespect to him, but I mean, I know some some fans were high on him, but I, he never struck me as a guy who's going to come on and take the SEC program over and and be the guy. Yeah. You know, I mean, there are, there are a bunch of guys who they've had come through like that, you know, some local guys. And it's like, nah, he's never going to be the guy. Saw Jake Garcia is going to be transferring. Shock. Go yeah. To his third or fourth school. There are guys, there are guys like that, that you're seeing that, that they're on their like third or fourth school that they're transferring for. And it's like, that's just, that's just bad decision making on their part. Yeah. I don't know why he came to Mizzou to begin with. He probably was sold. Well, he was dream. sold that he could be the guy. He was yeah. sold that. You know, Mr. Uh, Mr. Cook yeah. had some some vulnerabilities there, which yeah. wasn't the case. And as no, somebody who's who, no, he was hurt, right? That, right? That's it. Oh, you're gonna get all the reps in the spring, okay? Yeah. And I mean, you know, looking back and covering Mizzou for so many years as I did, as soon as Brady Cook signed, I'm like, he's the best quarterback that Mizzou's gonna have as soon as he steps on campus. Yep, and that's that's bared out. It has, yeah. and, and the kid's a warrior. I mean, he's kids tough. a warrior. Players he t- he love took him. Some big shots in that game. Yeah. I mean, like big. Yeah, and and he and he got up and he competed. I mean, you can tell he's kind of you know shaking his shoulders out after. I mean, he took one shot on the sideline. That's like he actually he actually Oof. played better after that. I know. So I mean, it'd be great when he comes on the show, yeah. Brady. Uh, <laughs> when you come on the show, explain that. I'd love to hear the what went through him. What went through that. Tell you what, I went down and watched him play uh, Tennessee, and uh, he there was a he took a shot like pretty good, and I was sitting next to our uh, chiropractor that does a ton of work with uh, with Brady. His name's Doctor Tony Katakis, and I we both looked at each other. I said, "Is he all right?" Because he kept he kept shaking, mm-hmm. you know, pulling his shoulders, and you know this and that. He ended up going to the tent after one of the drives, and you know I saw him after the game. Just you know, first thing I it's a good game, and the next thing I asked was, "You okay?" You know, because I mean, you can tell yeah. something's going on now. I think the average fan is really fixated on: Are we going to get the first down? Are we going to yep. we winning? Or you know, they don't want anything to get in the way of you know the, the the execution of a win, right? But the reality of it is, you know, you're sitting there, you watch. I mean, just body movements and just how someone's 
walking around the field in between plays. Like I like to watch that stuff. And in particular with quarterbacks, you got to just, you know, be hyper cognizant of what their body language is. Cause sometimes, I mean, they're the only guys that get hit and then have to get throw the very next play. Right. So yeah, he was definitely, uh, he, he was feeling it. He looked at me after he's like, Oh, I'll let you know later tonight when everything wears off. He's like, I'm, he's like, I'm, I'm banged up. Right. right? Cause that's what happens, right? You're physically in a good position when the season starts. Yeah. And after that, it's a war of attrition. Exactly. And, and I think people hopefully appreciate what they go through mm-hmm. and playing through the discomfort or just regular or just pain, just outright pain and still, you know, putting the pads on and going through it and playing at a high level. I mean, that's 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 a warrior. That's it's difficult that I think your average fan doesn't necessarily. That's what I think. That's understand. why I think it's a good thing they're getting paid. Yeah, because oh, 100%. Some of these guys' careers are probably going to end in college, yep. right? Statistically, the vast majority of them will end in college. They're playing the game at an extremely high level. Is it the NFL level? No. But it's pretty darn close as far as like what the strains on the body. And maybe even worse, because right. some of the protocols that the NFL has have not gone all the way down to college. So um, I, I do think these guys are earning it. I don't think there's any handouts. Yeah, there are guys that they miss on to get paid that they probably should never have paid. Right. But there's a lot of guys that are, you know, getting their scholarship plus some, and and I think they they're certainly earning it. And right. I, I I don't feel bad, you know, as an older player and someone that's coached a lot of guys. I don't think anybody's upset that they're finally now getting paid. I think no, they I shouldn't think be. They shouldn't be. No, not not at all. Now, you don't want it to become just this hired gun football league no. where guys are jumping ship team to team every year for the highest bidder. Right. So they need to reel that in just a little bit. I did know. see where there's a couple of scenarios where guys, teams won that were mid-level teams, and they're looking at package deals for the quarterback and the receiver yeah. to come. I mean, oh, yeah. it's it's – the tampering I mean, is the tampering is going to have to get figured out. But the reality of it is, though, how do you control a company, a collective, yeah. that is not part of a university by by the rule they made them independent of them? Right. So how do you control that? Well, you're going to have to change your rules. Either right. that, or you just are you going to have to make it an in season transfer rule where midway through the season you can reevaluate. You like what you're doing on your team, where your team's going, and somebody want to make a bid for me. And then you jump shit mid-season. If we want to go, let's just go all out and just like be a like trade, free like agent. A trade, like a trade, like a tr- no, like trade free agency, yep. mid-season free agency, but almost like a trade in the mid-season. Yeah. Who do? What do we need? What do we need so we can make a run in the playoffs? Right. Well, because you you know, basically, we just witnessed the end of the bowl era. Right? Yeah, oh, those yeah. are all those bowls. It's gonna be really interesting to see how they navigate that next year. Right. Um, I think they should do a two-tier deal, basically. You know the top tier one championship and a tier two championship. I agree. That'd be awesome. Yep. It would be more intriguing for the fans. Yeah. And then those lower level bowl games still get to have their bowl games, right? I don't know how you how you navigate all the money and all that stuff, but it's certainly going to be intriguing to watch all that happen. Well, right? Let me ask you this: Do you enjoy watching the six and six games? Unless we have a kid that's playing. In it. <laughs> right. I mean, I I will tell you. I mean, I love football, so I watch pretty much. You know, I will tell you though, it's pretty cool. Like there's for the vast majority of the games that we turn on in the bowl season, we have a kid that we've trained. Yeah. That, that's playing in the game, right? Right. Which is pretty cool, right? And you get to watch those guys, and I love love to get to see, you know, their style of play and their team and all that fun stuff. But 
uh, yeah, you're right. Is, some of those games are pretty tough to watch. Man, they, they can be pretty pretty tough. And at the same time, you know, like we said, the the national championship bowl games, you know, they were they were really good. Mm. So, in the last bit of time that we have here, go ahead and just kind of like, you know, give a shout out to yourself of what's going on starting Sunday. Yeah, hey, this Sunday we will start our in season skills training, uh, which are in season off season skills training, uh, which is Sundays. They'll run all the way through October, mm-hmm. um, pretty much every single Sunday minus one or two holidays. And uh, we have youth times from 11 to 12.20 p.m. We have middle school times from 2 to 3.20 p.m. And then the high school groups go 12.30 to 1.50 p.m. and 3.30 to uh, 4.50 p.m. Those are the first time you come in. It's a free trial just to test it out if you've never been in before. Everything's broken down by position. Um it's a great way to get in there and test yourself, see where you're at, but more importantly, spend time on learning skill sets that you need to learn that are going to help you become a better football player. Your goal in the offseason is to gain as much skill and aptitude in those skills so that when you go back to your team, you're able to adapt to the system that they want you to learn. Um, it's also good to have different people teaching you things, right? Yeah. It's good to learn how to learn from others, right? Um, it's also really good to understand that some things can be done different ways, right? And then you're going to have to adapt with whatever your team wants you to do. But most of the skills that we're going to work on are not system dependent. Catching the right. ball, running routes, you know, the ability to stop and start, the ability to react to stimulus as a running back, how to take a pass drop, how to drop as, as a linebacker, how to take a read step, all those things, right? How to how to you know club and rip things like that that are just tried and true across the game of football. We don't get into scheme. That's not right. our that's not our goal. Um, we're going to teach how to pass set. We're going to we have offensive line coaches to right. teach how to pass that do all those little things, things that you can then do. And I can tell you, all those skill sets are the exact same things they want to see when you're in a college evaluation camp or a combine. Yeah, and, and it's it's really this is where you're made as a player starting right now and at elite that's where you're made as a player and in this offseason you start on sunday by the time camps roll around the, the real camps not the winter stuff where you're running around who knows what teaching you what testing you what testing you improperly uh you know you can go right now starting sunday and make it through you're going to be that guy and when you do get with your team you're going to be that guy and you're going to be ahead of the other guys because I've seen it over and over again, just guys made. And if you know nothing about football, you're a guy who's just starting football. Like you said, they, you guys teach every nuance of the game, where to put your foot, how to get in a proper stance, how to come out of your stance. I mean, just every little detail is what you guys really work on and make people. What's interesting is over the holiday, we have kids come back all the time. I had a young man come into my office young man. He's actually now a lawyer, lives in Salt Lake City. <laughs> and his family came in to say hi. Yeah. Right. He 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 ended up playing a little bit at Mizzou. Good kid. Really good, really good family. And he said to me numerous times in a conversation, Hey, I can tell you the money my parents spent when I came in here, the best money they spent while my entire training experience, which was interesting as he had asked me about some questions about things that were lingering in his mind, mm-hmm. he had a really good result uh, going into his sophomore year. Um, 
at the at a Nike combine back in the day. Yeah. So he's a little bit older guy. Yeah. And um he then went and did some, let's just call it more experimental training. We weren't doing a lot of speed training back in this kid's day. Yeah. And it was stuff that, you know, quite honestly, did not really translate all that well to what he was doing. And he he got slower. And he he really he he's looking back as a grown man now, like, ooh, I really cost myself. He's like, but the money that was spent on the skills development training, and when his parents came in to say hi, he reiterated, he goes, the money that was spent here, in here training, doing skills training with Elite was the best money you guys ever spent. And he's like, I got the most out of that. And I can tell you, it helped me get to where I went. Which, to me, no higher compliment because reality of it is, you don't know until you know, right? But you you also don't want to know until it's too late. Right. And and, and oftentimes people figure it out. We were talking before the show, the number of times we've had kids that have come in and then they go chase the next fancy best, best thing or this guy, you know, reached out to him on Instagram and told him that he could come train with him. I always say, hey, go do what you got to do. But I promise you when push comes to shove, you're probably not going to get what you think. And nine times out of ten, those guys' names are on those lists yeah. that we produce every year of all the kids we trained oh, that yeah. went on to college. There, there are a lot of guys out there wanting to make offers, trying to trying to compete for guys or, or wanting to have guys come over into their corner to do their camp, do their combine, do their just training. But, you know, just do your research and find out what's what before you make any kind of commitment to it. And like I said, you see it all the time. Uh, there was a young man who, uh, I'll mention his name, Caden Johns, right? He's a guy who I've watched because that's what I do. I actually get out there and watch guys. I watch practice. I watch games. I am actually at games. I'm not a computer scout, right? I don't sit there and look at huddles and, and, and you know, make my evaluations. I get to know these guys. And Caden is a guy who I saw as a freshman and a sophomore, big kid. And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I saw potential there. But he took the potential that he saw, dedicated himself, came into elites, and he just posted the other day about the postseason honors. He made himself. Made himself. Made himself by utilizing what you had to offer, right? He could have come in and just messed around and, you know, well, half-hearted it. I'm going to go do this here. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to do this here. Well, this coach sent me a DM because he saw what I was doing here and was like, hey, I can, whatever. He dedicated himself, got the proper mindset, the dedication, the discipline, and went from being a guy who's like, oh, that's a big kid, man. He moves pretty good. He can, he, you know, he has some potential to making himself an all-district, all-conference, all, the honors are endless. And he, in the process, he transformed his body. Crazy. He transformed everything about him. And that's that's, and that's what, what can be done. And the, and the path that he's charting for himself. In today's he has an opportunity in, to play in college. And his, his path that he's set himself in this environment, fast forward three years, he could be a guy coming out after he's, you know, really fully blossomed mm-hmm. and matured. And some other bigger school is going to go, oh, yeah, we recognize that's that. That's it. And that's how it works. That was not possible five years ago. Right. Guys that are willing to work will always have a place to go. Exactly. Guys that are the pretenders, you're not always going to have a place to go because guess what? There's somebody that's going to come and take your spot, and they have no problem with bouncing guys out of school no, now. No, not at all. They used to keep them around a little bit more. Kind of forced to. Now, you know, it goes both ways. 
they will bounce you out of there faster. You know what happened if you're not doing what you're supposed to do. And if they find someone that's going to work harder and, and subscribe to their, their uh, deal, guess what? Because most guys, they know in the back of their head, they know the guys that they can't coach hard that are going to want to leave. They also know the guys that are program guys that they want to bring in that they can build on. Those guys are worth their weight in gold now. Before they weren't, now they are. Without question. And so in some ways, there's less opportunities through recruiting coming out of high school. But in some ways, there's more opportunity. If you're a late bloomer, if you're a guy like Caden who develops himself, who I would say is a late bloomer, right? He wasn't one of these guys who had a good season as a freshman. And so one of the fan sites to say, hey, he's a five-star. See a lot of that, and those guys never pan out. Uh, if you're a late bloomer, a guy like Caden, you're absolutely right. He could go to a, a Truman State or a Quincy or wherever. Yeah, William Jewell, whoever. William Jewell, whoever, and still continue on that upward trajectory, still buy into I'm, I'm making myself, I'm building. That's why I always say keep building. I don't say keep working. Everybody does work who, yeah. who's going to play the game. Keep building and take that, and boom, here comes an opportunity. And whoever comes calling, you know, New Mexico state, if you want to play D one, maybe SEMO, maybe most state come calling. And then he does that. And he, so there's more opportunity there, Heck but you yeah. have to buy into it. You have to be that guy. He's perfect. We need to get Caden on the show. And yeah. It'd be a great pick guy his, to talk to. Yeah. Pick his brain as to what made him do that. Cause he's a mild mannered guy. Yeah. You know? He is a dog. He is, he, is a he dog. works hard and you can't bury him. I mean, he wants to keep going. I mean, he'd go to wrestling and then come in and train after wrestling. Yeah. Oh, it's it's you could make a little you could make a movie out of it. Yeah. Just, and most and, people do not want to do and get that uncomfortable. Look at yeah, look at his 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 training films that he did and working with Jason Curtis from Elite yep. and the stuff that he did. And the stuff Curtis oh, put and him through. And he say, bought into and it. You know and, what? He said, Oh, we want to get faster. So then he works with a speed coach, one of our, our coaches. Like he he really bought into the process. And you know what? At the end of the day, if you want to be really good at something, it is not that difficult. You do have to work at it. You do have to get around people that can teach you. You're not alone. You have to get to a point where you have to admit that, hey, I probably am not going to have all the answers here. Most of these parents, unfortunately, they're searching for answers. And a lot of people are willing to give you answers that are self that are going to benefit them. I can just tell you this. As a person that's been doing it for 20 plus years, 24 years, my name and, and my recognition of, of what we've done over the years is not going to be won or lost with one individual athlete, right? Right. It's been won and, and lost over the years and built off of thousands of athletes that we've repeated the same thing over and over and over. You're not going to come in and cheat the process. We're not going to put our name on you if you're not someone that needs is, doesn't warrant that. Right. It just doesn't yep. work. Yep. We Pay have to know that, that you're going to get to school and do what you're supposed to do. And if you don't, it's a tough thing. It's a hard sell because right. I'm not going to lie and say, oh, this guy's a really hard worker when he only shows up when it's when it's good. Same thing with me and what I do. I'm not going to write evaluations on guys that are five, five and three hundred fifty pounds just because they want to show up at, at a camp or a combine mm-hmm. and just so that they can have clippings to remember themselves by from their high school days, you know. You got to pay attention to who's doing what for you. Yeah. So anyway, that'll do it for now. We're back. New year. Same old us. Yes. Football 360 show. You can go ahead and reach us on Instagram and Facebook at football 360 show. 
Uh, and uh, your personal socials? Uh, Elite Football on Twitter and Elite Football Academy on Instagram. And me, in case you don't know already, JP Rock MO on X slash Twitter and JP Rock Scouts you on the gram, as the cool kids say. And we will be back next week and every week from there on out. And more bigger, better stuff going to be coming that we'll be happy to talk with you about. See you on Sunday. I'm going to be there. Going to come on out to Elite. Get some evaluation in. Elitefootball.net if you want to check out any of the info on that. Yep. And we'll talk to you next week. See you. Stay safe. Thank you.